By the end of this podcast, you're going to find out whether Arsenal deserved to win the Community Shield. What's the state of Manchester City's uh, starting eleven and squad depth overall? And also, Manchester United, is the pressure on Ten Hag to now deliver? He's been given the backing and the support. Is it now time to deliver? We'll be discussing that, especially with Gasky, uh, my co-host and Manchester United fan. Welcome to the Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than bias. Um, as we discussed in today's podcast, we are going to be doing an overview of the Community Shield, Manchester City's defeat to Arsenal in extra time. We'll be having a conversation about extra time as well and the new ruling, whether we think that's a good or a bad thing, uh, how are Arsenal looking to uh, go into the season, same with Man City, and as I said before, is the pressure on United now that Ten Hag has... Do, does he have the team of his dreams? That's something that we will be discussing. Uh, and I think in the first instance, Gasky, what we need to do uh, is you need to apologise to our fantastic viewers for daring, for daring to have an eye infection because what that oh. has done is these people have been begging for this podcast, which should have been released like yesterday <laughs> or the day before. And because of your selfishness in getting an eye infection, you have caused right. a delay. So how... <laughs> You the eye seek, infection has nothing to do with it. The eye shame. infection was seek no. Shame. I had I had other plans. Oh, so you're not committed? Even worse. <laughs> I uh, yes. <laughs> right. I, I double booked. <laughs> I double booked. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, joking. Obviously. Um, <laughs> how are you doing, there, mate? How was your eye? Yeah, I'm good. My eye's fine. You know, it looks like I've uh, you know got a really bad lazy eye, <laughs> mm. as you can see. Uh, but yeah, it's much better than it was, and you know. Been looking looking forward to the podcast, you know. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. As seasons upon us, indeed. on the horizon. Yes, indeed. Well, this is. Uh, shall this be the first episode of season two, or shall we? Ha- when, when the- uh, well, I think next week is our one year anniversary. You know, thinking about it, I think it's a, exactly a year since the first the first podcast. So next week, next week we'll do the start of season two. That's yeah, what, that'll be after the first prem games, won't it? Okay, yeah, I correct. think so. Yeah. Right. So, um, talking about the start of the season. Um, the Community Shield, Manchester, well, Arsenal won, Manchester City won, uh, penalties, Arsenal won for one, I think, because City are truly abhorrent at taking uh, penalties. Um, we will get into a discussion on uh, the extra time situation right now, in fact, because I want to talk about it right now before we do anything mm-hmm. else. Now, this is a new regulation, Gasket, that's been brought in. World Cup vibes, where it was, you know, every, every time the ball's out of play, you've got to add up the uh, minutes. There's no, there's no guesswork involved. The idea is that it uh, will hopefully stop time wasting, etc. Um, and, and I guess it led to a dramatic moment in which Arsenal equalised in the 110th minute. Um, good thing, bad thing, don't care thing. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because I think it's ridiculous. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous to have just going off the ball, leaving and time wasting because you've got then defined time wasting, right? Because clearly some of it's clearly time wasting, some of it's not. The referees then got to decide. Personally, I think the better solution would be just to start throwing your cards around. I think that would have been a better solution. Just go crazy with them. Players will get banned for games because they won't shut up. And they'll keep, you know, basically cheat, basically cheat. I see time wasting is cheating, really. Yeah. You know, you're not playing it the game, cheating. you're cheating. Yeah. It's cheating. So you keep doing that. Players will soon stop. And then because they'll be like, I, they want to play football. And when they're missing 50% of matches because they're banned for, for going in the rest face or moaning about, mm. you know, they'll eventually, they'll eventually stop. Yeah. And then if they don't stop, then you start going, right, you can play stupid amounts of football then. 
because I, I I'm totally for the idea of time wasting needs to be punished in one way or another. Yes. The issue with this, and you touched on it there, is that no ev- everyone who's been on the receiving end of time wasting will lo- loves this idea because you know it, you know time wasting is so at the Etihad. The amount of times a goalkeeper should get booked inside the th- first thirty minutes, it's terrible. Now- See that that that's the big issue for me. It depends who your ref is because some keep most games that you watch them keepers should be booked in like the twentieth minute, but mm. they don't get booked till the eightieth. I know, which is stupid. Exactly. You know, you book them in the twentieth, but, but then the referees need the balls to send them off, mm. which they don't have. Yes. So there's there's that side of it, but I don't. I couldn't name you one person who was clamouring for. Oh, every time the ball goes out for a throw-in, add on ten seconds because the ball's out for ten seconds. Well, it's not. That, that's, just most, a, that's just yeah. a part of the game. Most most people are saying stop the clock, but the problem is you'll be you'll be someone sat there stopping the clock constantly. Because put it this way, right? If you if a player if a defender's come running out, heads the ball out for a throw-in, right, and he lands next to a ball boy, that's like one second. One defender might say, "I'm going to twat it into Rosette." Then that's going to be extra time added on. So you're going to punish a player because he wants to kick the ball like that. Yeah, it's a bit. Confusing, isn't it? As I say, there there are certain bits of the game, i.e., if you take a throw in, it's going to take you like you know five to ten seconds to retrieve the ball and throw it back into play. No one cares about that. That's just an accepted part of the game. We don't need that bit added yeah, on. Throw, throw in, yeah, throw ins. I've never had an issue with like for, at all because when they stand there with the ball in their hands and stuff and they're looking and things like that, referees usually just tell them to hurry up, come on. Then, if you're having to do that with the same player over and over, that's when you book them. Exactly, yeah. Right? It's, it's when it becomes time-wasting that's yeah. an issue. It's, I think the biggest issue is goal kicks, really, mm. and, for, and free kicks later in the game. That's when you have the issue. You just give them a warning. If you think the player is taking too long, you give them a warning. Mm. And then you book them, and then you don't have the final warning, and then they'll stop. Definitely, yeah. So... Um, it- I, I, yeah, I think a better solution would be to just come, hard, come down harder on it with yellow cards... Yeah. I think also like just from a player welfare perspective, if you think of like, you know, you're adding on like, because some instances there'll be like an extra 10 minutes played or whatever um, over the course of a season. How many extra games is that? It's just, it's not necessary. I don't think anyone was really asking for it either. Yeah, like Varane has come out, hasn't he, with a tweet and and basically Guardiola's on the same side and he like, he's ridiculous. He's player welfare, isn't it? As well, like you, you may eventually think about it uh, this, you play 38 Premier League games, you're potentially playing an extra five matches we've added time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know, and they already play too many matches as it is, so... Definitely. Yeah, it's it's very unusual. Uh, I'm not against efforts to curb time-wasting, but I don't think this is the best uh, solution. No. Because, for example... You, it, also, you also don't know when the end of the game is. Because mm. they add it on in that added on time. Exactly. <laughs> you play forever. Exactly, Which, yeah. Basically, the Trossard goal was like three minutes after they said was up. Mm-hmm. So, as was the three minutes more in that eight minutes? Yeah, and you know, I, on? I I didn't see that much time wasting happening in that game. I, I don't really know why we need to add that much time on. But hey, is maybe they'll get rid of it? Who knows? But we shall. We I shall don't see. think it'll last. Hopefully, I give it a month. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, but yes, yeah, so that, that that's just the context of the added time. Let's talk about the match itself now, uh, uh, Gasky. So I'm obviously a City fan. I obviously watched the uh, full game. I believe you watched the extended highlights. Is that right, Gasky? Yeah, so yeah, we can have a chat yeah. about it. Fantastic. So sort of my interpretation of it was, I mean, the first thing to say is that it doesn't, this should not be used as a sort of like a, a benchmark. I'm going to, dis, I'm going to uh, call out Aaron Ramsdale here. This should not be used as a sort of benchmark of we, you know, we've won. We can, you know, use this in our future games. 
because not only is it the community shield, which is, you know, pre it's basic. It, a glorified it, friendly. Yeah, it? I still think it's a major trophy, but it is also a glorified friendly, absolutely. It's a, it's, it is it's a both. major domestic trophy. But it, it is also you know, friendly. It is. But it's, it's the, put it this way, right? It's a, it's a trophy and Guardiola's put a tigger in that. That's all you need to know, really. And not about keeper, but, you know, if it was something you really wanted, you'd play so. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, you know, you'd rather win it. But yeah, Ramsdale said something like, you know, like now, now that we've shown that we can beat them. Um, I'm sorry if this sounds like salty or bitter, but Arsenal did not beat Manchester City. The game was a draw. They didn't. Um, in, 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 they, they, they lost, they lost, put it this way, right? They won on penalties, right? Which is fine. You know, let's, won't be around the bush. You still, you know, you've won the trophy, mm. but you haven't beaten City. Exactly. Last season, Liverpool beat them. What happened in the season? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, you know, like United, like we said, we said, I think we said last week, United had a good, you know, they beat Arsenal and then they lost a few preseason games and it doesn't really affect how you should feel going into the season. Yeah. Last season, they had a great preseason in Ten Hag and they lost the first two games. Yeah. So, and your, your, means nothing. your explanation there was absolutely right. Cause the, uh, the, under, under the IFAB laws of the game, um, a, a penalty shootout determines, you know, uh, a winning team and you know whoever wins a trophy but it doesn't determine who beat whoever so the official it's stats not, it, yeah. will say a draw because that's what it is um yeah. so it, I, I don't know how i don't i don't really know how helpful it, it is a, as a sort of like benchmark to compare yourself against because of those but reasons we've discussed. to me it's also to me it's also that not in the last 12 months you've had two games against them and arsenal haven't shown up at mm-hmm. all they play and then the follow, okay, yeah, and the follow, then the following season, the first match, you've shown that you can go against them, which is which is much better than the first two games. They were much better than the first two games against City. But you can't tell me that every single player played at top gear like they were doing the Premier League match. Mm-hmm. I think every, every whenever there's a community shield on, I think players will be pull back a bit because yeah. they're not really that arsed. Yeah. Uh, and let, let's talk about the game now, shall we? So... Uh, I thought I, I thought on the balance of play that City just about edged it. I thought they were the better side. It's really unlucky to concede a last-minute double-deflected equaliser uh, when there's there's nothing Ortega could have done. It just comes off. I think it comes off Diaz. It comes off a Kanji. Totally sends him the wrong way. So that's a bit upsetting. Um, first half, Arsenal were like re- it was really tricky for City to deal with Arsenal's press, especially in the first half. They they couldn't really get out City, which is surprising because City normally one of the best press-resistant sides ever but what happened Gasky because the issue was in the midfield Phil Foden comes on and immediately absolutely spins party uh, and and beats the press and City are through and they yeah. score from it one moment and they beat yeah. the press and they score and, and that shows what you need and uh, I'll come to I'll just come to Havertz for a second as well because the issue that I think Havertz has is is when he's playing at nine or when he's in that area he's crap but he what he offers in like a ten position in terms of holding the ball up is what he's good at, mm. which is what Jesus is good at, and that's what I feel they needed, which is what he'll offer Havertz. But they need that Arsenal will need that player in front of him, yeah. Which I think is where they like. They, they, obviously, they scored a lot last season, but they seem to let that person off him for Havertz to benefit more. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I don't think Havertz is that guy. Uh, up to, I don't think it was that yeah. guy for Chelsea. I don't think it's that, that guy for I Germany. Think that's still what Arsenal lack is that goal scorer guy like that player sat number nine to put yes. on it yeah they'll be, they'll be I think they will be relying on Sacra and Martinelli again yeah uh, in terms of their goal scoring and Trossard uh, for sure 
Um, I thought Declan Rice was quiet, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I actually think it will take him a while to get used to being is, Arsenal's yeah, main I think- man. I think it's it's mainly I think whoever he would have gone to would have been the same thing. He's played he's played holding midfield for a team that is getting attacked constantly. Mm. He's and in that position he was playing what eight. He played a yeah. bit a little bit higher up yeah. against the best team in the league and the best team in the world. You know it's not going to look great and it's going to take him a few weeks to get used to that position because I he's going to so. yeah because because he showed that you know his work rates there and he can win the ball back and things like that but. It's going to get used to having to, you know, you're you're actually doing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and shall so. tell you who Ar- Arsenal's the, the new signing of Arsenal who I was most impressed with. It was Timber, uh, a left hey, back who yeah. is normally a centre back or right back. But he was played. At he left played. Back. He's versatile. I think he plays both. Yeah. yeah, and I thought I thought on on the ball he was really good defensively. Not not an easy task when you're up against you know Walker and Bernardo Silva. I thought he handled himself very well. I think he's going to, I think he's a very astute yeah. signing. I think he's going to be fantastic. I think that, that is an upgrade uh, for Arsenal. So that what? so what does that mean for White then? Ben White? It might not even be Ben White. It might be Zinchenko, honestly. I think Tim might. you play him a left back? Maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I do. Mm. I think that, I think that Arteta is a man who doesn't rest on laurels. I think we'll have seen last season, but the amount of defensive I, lapses I, from Zinchenko. Are just like chatting to each other and just playing four centre-backs? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is this the new thing they've got going on? <laughs> it, hey, it might be. It, it works, it, it works. It does work. It works. It clearly works. And I think we're starting to know Timber defensively, is, I can already tell, is much yeah. better than than, than Zinchenko, who you can tell, is a liability. You can tell, can't you? You can tell with Timber that he was the level head in the Ajax defence with Martinez. Mm. Martinez was the there was like the the rough one, and he was the let's chill keep it calm, the chill guy. Yeah, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that he, he might go on to be th- their best signing this season. On, I know it's early days, yeah, it's only sure. one game, but I was I was just really impressed with him, uh, yeah. and he's clearly very versatile as well. So yeah, fantastic from him. Um, it's just such a shame that City's wonder strike is was uh, is worth nothing now. Uh, we, we we touched on yeah. Foden coming on in the midfield. Talk about midfield Foden shortly. Finally, City beat Arsenal's press turns uh, party fantastically, uh, and then it, it, f- it f- finds. Uh, I think it's Tierney who isn't quite able to clear it away. Comes with a brand new headset, and P- Karma, uh, Karma Palmer cuts in, and he's had a lot of critics. Beautiful, fin- beautiful finish. Yeah, he's had a lot of critics, Palmer, from like a certain section of Man City fans who don't think he's you know good enough uh, uh, yet, or maybe even ever. But it was an unreal uh, finish, yeah. um, and. I still think we need a winger, but genuinely, Gasky, he could be, yeah. if he stays at City, he could be a guy to get a decent amount think, of minutes. I think what's, what City fans have to understand and what's difficult is when you're the best team in the world, because I've seen it with United throughout you know, the, the noughties, it's very difficult to break through mm. when you're constantly getting quality players there. You have to be very, very good. So it will be rare that they'll come through, but the, on the bench is going to be his best bet, really. Unless he, you know, like Foden's the only one to come through, really, isn't he? And Rico, it's very Rico, rare. Rico Lewis as well. To oh be yeah, fair. Rico Lewis as well. Yeah, it's very rare that you that you're in that you're straight in the team and yeah. you're that good. It doesn't it really happens exactly. But yeah, so you're not you're not going to get Foden's every every year. No, it's not going to happen. So yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to break into a, the, the treble when it's I, I can't tell, I can't tell you now, apart from obviously the, the class of ninety two United, that many that came through, really. No, in the noughties, uh, that were like that would like that would that was just as good. There isn't many. I, aside from the obvious one in Rashford, yeah. I don't think there is anyone else. Yeah, like even bef- even before then, yeah. like in the noughties, who was there? 
Really? It, it was still Skulls and Neville, really. They, they were still playing, yeah, yeah, and no one else came through, really, so mm-hmm. it was very difficult. Yeah, exactly, yeah, it's, it's it. And that's why it was such a, a rare thing, you know, Fergie's fledglings, it was, like, yeah. really rare for that to happen. It all came at once, <laughs> which yeah. doesn't happen, does it, so... Exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, City's goal, fantastic. Um, and, and, yeah, as I say, I thought that uh, this wasn't vintage City by any means. Uh, City normally start the season really slow, because our preseason is normally really late, so it's so normally you know other teams have had like you know five six games of preseason. We've had like I was two gonna or three. Say, I was going to say it's like they were it was like a week and a half after everyone else. Yeah, yeah, because because we end we normally end our season so late because we're obviously deep into yeah, how many competitions. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tricky one. Um, we play that many games, you have got to have a decent rest. And they still got um, they still got the Super Cup, haven't they? As well, oh, yeah, which is like uh, 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 tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? No, oh, it's not this. It. It's not this week. It's the week oh, after. is it? Is it? Oh, is it after the first? Oh, is it after the first? Yeah, games? I think it's the sixteenth, maybe. Uh, um, okay. In Greece, yeah, that, that's that's another game to play, and then the Club World yeah. Cup as well. So lots of games. Um, but yeah, but so actually, this City played much better than they did last season against Liverpool, and much better the season before against Leicester. That which is unusual for City to come back looking this sharp, and it wasn't even like as sharp as they can be. Um, speaking of sharpness, Kovacic. I think I've maybe heavily undersold how good he's going to be at City because he slotted in. He's only played that one game in a bit of preseason. He just looks a natural already. He looks like he's been playing there for years, which is, he's clearly a very yeah, versatile he's, player. He's, he's the exact type of player that can play in a City midfield. Mm-hmm. Like, and the only, the only you know, obviously his only improvement will need to be his attacking side because that's what Gundogan offered. Sure. The other midfielders didn't was that, where you can do it eight is the the aggress- um the attacking part, mm-hmm. but that'll come. That'll come. Definitely. Uh, Walker staying now confirmed today, which is fantastic. I think I don't want in the match against Arsenal. He was sort of used on the right wing when we had the ball. I don't like that. This isn't 2017 anymore. He's not that offensive player anymore. He's a defensive solid yeah. unit. I don't want him to be his because his crosses are terrible, man. He he used to be able to do really he, good crosses, but it's just because he hasn't done it in years. The similar, it kind of similar to like Valencia in United days, just just power it across. Yeah, it's a, kind just, of thing, and hope for the best. Unless the yeah. cross is low on the floor, he just can't yeah. do the. He just can't do lofted crosses anymore. Yeah, it, just because yeah. it's not part of his game anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like the idea of him as a defensive option. Obviously, a leader that's fantastic. Bernardo's looking like staying as well, which is brilliant. Um, I thought he was decent, um, and. The final thing I want to touch on in this in a city context is Phil Foden, Gasky. Is this finally going to be the season where he plays most of the season in the centre of midfield? Yeah, well, he's. I that's. I agree. I think that's his best position because he's. So. He the way he can break just break teams down through a turn like he did for the goal is is what how you win games against low blocks anyway, mm-hmm. and even against the, the high pressing teams. Yeah. Just you beat that you beat that one man in the middle and you're through. You're and, away. And in our in the biggest game of the season, arguably yeah. biggest game of City's history, you could say. Yeah. He played in midfield and it. was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's and he's he's wasted out wide. He, he doesn't he doesn't do the crossing game and he doesn't do the skill game. He's a he's he's more flair. He's more he just drifts past players. Do it from the middle. Yeah. Yeah. He's look, he's great on the wings, obviously. He can play that's the issue with him. He's he's so versatile. He can play on the left. He's Pep. That's why probably why Pep loves him. He can play on the left. He can play on the right. He can play as a striker. He can play as a false nine. He can play central midfield. He can play attacking midfield. Does it doesn't mean he has to play them all? <laughs> no, exactly. And, and, yeah, but, but, yeah. but the issue is, you know, let's say for example, you know, you've got uh, let's I, I don't know, uh, 
Ke- I know different levels of player, but you know Foden and De Bruyne. One you got one of them. One of them has to play at striker. One has to play midfield. Who are you going to play midfield and striker? Obviously, you're going to play. You're not going to play De Bruyne at striker. You're going to play him in midfield because Foden's can operate better there. Yeah. So he's he's a victim of his own utility and versatility versatility in a way. I just really hope this is a season where finally we get consistent full nineties of him yeah. behind the striker pulling the strings because he is. The, he is the De Bruyne replacement. I'm convinced of that. This has to be his year and Pep just needs to, I think Pep wants to do that. I, I just really want, especially now we've lost Gundogan. Yeah. This is it. We just need to sign a right winger, Elise, whoever, firm that up, have Bernardo and Elise on the right, Foden in the middle and I'll be a happy lad. Um, despite us losing the community shield, but we've talked about it before. Uh, it's a trophy you want to win. It's fine. But I was over it like 10 minutes after. Honestly, yeah, it's, it was. It's, it was more. It's, I was more. I guess. Annoyed. I guess more annoying that is three in a row to lose. So I guess that's the issue. more irritating part. It, but yeah, it's again, more irritating. Well, if you're gonna go win the league, you give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's more. Of an, it doesn't matter. As you say, it? it's more of an irritant because that would be an extra trophy in the trophy hall. But it's like, but whatever. but it's. I think for me, I think me. What annoys me about teams that win it is you get the whole Arsenal and I'm like, oh, you know, look, we're made. We've already won something. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And if you don't win anything else, you'll act like that's the best thing since sliced bread. And, and it's also, like, it's, it's really rare for the team who win the Community Shield to, to then win the league. I think it's only oh, happened no, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Two, or three, happen two or three after. times in the last 10, 15 years or something. Like City, yeah. City have only done it uh, once under Pep. Yeah. Um, United, and and once generally. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't remember United winning that many, that many uh, Community Shields, to be honest. Which is interesting because you've won more yeah. than anyone else. You won 21, I think. I don't. Uh, maybe it's because the, maybe it's because I don't give a shit. Like we we're saying, we don't care about the game. I just don't. In my head, I just can't remember lifting that many with Fergie. Yeah. The only one I can remember is the one against City when Clichy slipped. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the only one I can remember. But that's because it was a good match. Yeah, indeed. So and and yeah, and did United win the league that season? No. Did no. C- did City win it when they won it under Mancini? No. You know, did did City win it? Uh, uh, when? Sorry. Yeah. Did City win the league? You know what I'm trying to say. We've done a three piece yeah. of Community Shield losses, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, So it's it's there is no correlation. It's just it's a game that's been made for whatever reason. And cool. Yeah. You've got a you've got a massive salad plate. Good for you. All right. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of moving on, Gasky, let's do the, exactly that. And just very briefly, so ten minutes or so, because we, we we are going to do our Premier League predictions so we can uh, uh and we do have a chat about United there and what place they are. But Manchester United, Gasky, um, pressure, question mark. Now, let me, uh, what's the word? Let me expand upon that statement, because as it stands, I've just said an arbitrary word. Pressure, I said it again. Um, I'm going to play sort of, not devil's advocate, but I, I'm expecting you to defend Ten Hag United here, and I'm going to be a bit more, not ag- <laughs> not aggressive, but you know what I mean? I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, I know what I mean, yeah. Yeah, so... A lot of money has been spent by Ten Hag. I understand we're not idiots. We know that doesn't necessarily equal success, but with spending does come an expectation of yes. delivering upon that money. Put your mouth where your money is, or whatever. If we run through the team, in terms of like a starting eleven at least, I'd say that Ten Hag's either bought a player for a position or has inherited pretty good player in that position yeah right back excluded so yeah i think i sorry uh, i think i did it in my head i think 
he's he's this uh, United's best starting lineup is now more ten Hag than previous. Exactly. I think it's six. I think it's six out of five. Six to five. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So for example, he's bought a keeper, Onana. He's bought a left back, Malasia, and Shaw was already there, and he's pretty I mean, good. Yeah, um, Malasia's for obviously definite, but he's yeah. bought Martinez. Varan was already there. He's quite good. Right back, I'll, I'll give you. I don't really rate Wambasaka or Dolo that highly. Um, Casemiro, defensive midfield, he's brought. That's his player. Mason Mount, that's his. That's his player. Bruno Fernandez didn't bring him in, but he's always obviously a fantastic player. Um, Rashford, yeah. likewise. Um, Hoyland, that's his player. Anthony, that's his player. So yeah. That that in terms of like individual positions, it's it's at least eight players for different positions that he's purchased, and the other out and, and the other ones are already fantastic players, excluding yeah, right yeah. back. So is it fair? To, as I said, I'm not even saying I necessarily think this. Is it fair to have an expectation on Ten Hag to challenge for the title, given all that spending and given that his starting <laughs> eleven is mostly his signings or? players he's narrated yeah. which are very good how do you interpret yeah. it i f- i think it's fair to expect it i think it's fair for fans to feel like you they should be around about but i also think that we need to be reasonable in terms of the 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 mess that united have been in like four different managers completely different styles players that just you know you spend 50 million on a player that works for that manager but not the next one you know, where I don't think any other team, I don't think I've ever seen any other team have that same situation. They can't, you know, the fact that they can't sell players is nothing to do with the managers. That's to do with the way the clubs run. They can't sell players properly. But I think for me this season, consistency needs to pay. They went on, you know, they had a struggling start. They settled down and they went on a, they went on a good run around Christmas, didn't they? Where they were playing, the, they were brilliant and they played really well. And then the odd game would come up where they would just go completely wrong and the whole thing would go out the window. Pre-season was the same. They were playing well. Okay, they didn't win every game, but one there was one game they played and Ten Hag said they just didn't follow the rules. They didn't follow the whole system. So there's just games appearing where they just give up or it just doesn't know what they're doing. That consistency, I, I want to see that every week there's a game plan and this is what the game, this is how they're going to play their football. If I see that, I'm confident that they will be in a title race and that's what's needed. And I think that's this season what needs to happen is get that consistency you know, they've got a keeper now that can play out for the back and it's going to be very difficult for some of these players to adapt to because especially like the players that were already here that have never had a, key, a different keeper, you know? Like I think there was there was clips of um, Onana flinging it to Rashford and people were saying, Rashford's the issue, look, he can't have a first touch. Mm. Rashford probably had barely any passes like that from De Gea straight to his foot yeah. for him to pull down. It doesn't happen. It's like, He's got what, to get what used is to that. witchcraft long, long yeah, exactly. passing? He'll get to a point where he'll know where Onana can put it and he'll go in that spot and he'll make that run. Mm. And eventually it'll click. But I think this season is the season where consistency needs to appear. Yes. They need to have it every game. They're able to do it because this is the games like that seems like City and Liverpool have done can do. You know how they can play, and there's rarely any errors. Very, very rarely. And that's what needs to appear. There's too many just like messy errors that have, that happen. For example, the the last preseason game. You know they were playing really well. Mason Mount should have scored. Playing in a really good game. Then out of nowhere, Delo does an absolutely shite pass and he scores on the halfway line because mm-hmm. Onana's not in the wrong position. He stood where you would be if your defence got the ball. Of course, yeah. And he's just an absolute crap pass and he's just lobbed him because mm-hmm. that's what needs that's what needs to get out of the system is just errors yep. and just be the team playing as the team that they are. Mm-hmm. And I think I do, I do think that'll happen this season. I think they'll hit some consistency. Now he's got pretty much every position ticked off for him. There's just a couple. There's just a couple more that he probably needs to change. Yeah, but I think are good enough 
Like Wan Bissaka was, I thought was very good last season. Still, I still think he's, he can get better players in that position to play that way. Um, but then about apart from that, I that's a lineup. It's just depth, which you know they're looking at Tadebo from Nice and Amrabat from Fiorentina. They'll have depth then, you know. Mm. And then there's no excuse. You have to be involved. Definitely. And so maybe- I think this season, yeah. So so roundup. I think this season they can have that consistency. Then it, then if it goes as I expect it to next season, I'm expecting everything. I, I, I think I totally agree with you there. I, and I was just going to add that maybe this season, if they aren't in an actual title race, maybe a re, maybe the reason is because they haven't quite got the depth in respect of quality. So, for example, when Casemiro, if he gets injured or suspended or whatever, currently, who is the option? It's Metomini, exactly. It's a pretty inferior option. Whereas if you bring an if you bring an Amrabat, suddenly that's already an immediate upgrade. Um, exactly. Yeah. So same, you know, same thing with like you know, if Martinez is out. Uh, who's the option? You know, it's, it's Harry Maguire. It's, it's well Shaw or, first, and then Lindelof. Exactly. And then yeah. Maguire. So, so it's a pretty big downgrade again. So yeah. uh, that that I think is where, and, and you want to get that through, you know, transfer windows and gradually increasing your depth. Um, exactly. So, yeah. The biggest, I think, the biggest issue and the biggest pressure is just the last few years before Ten Hag, where it's just he just needs that clean slate to appear and just move on from it. Which mm. needs to happen. So I think if you can get if you can get McGuire and McTominay out the door, then you can get Tadebo and Amrabat in. I think that's an eight out of ten window, eight to nine out of ten window for what the United need. Mm. You've got your depth there. You've got your Tadebo as your potential Varane replacement because he's getting on it. You know he's not well. He's thirty, probably thirty two, thirty one. But you know he's a potential future Amrabat to replace Casemiro, which is what we said last season they need because he's not going to last very long. So they'll have all that boxes ticked off and then you still got the youth coming through. Like Manu's going to be a great player and he's, when he gets fit again, he'll be involved as well. So mm-hmm. the, the, the definitely going in the right direction. This is, this is the most confident I've been with United in the last decade. Yeah. Just because there's a manager that clearly knows what he's doing and he's not just bought big names. He's bought young players who are going to be around, who could be around for five to six years and quality to play his way. Yeah. So I, I do, I still stick with my prediction. I do think second, and I do think they'll be involved. They'll be close. I don't think, you know, they won't be they won't be far off. Mm-hmm. But I do think like this season they need to play consistently. Don't go and lose seven nil in a random match when you've been fine around it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think I agree with you. My take is that this season I don't expect them to. Uh, I don't think it would. You know, I don't think it would be a failure if they're if they aren't in a title race this season. But the next season, if there is. Uh, similar backing from you know, the owners in respect yeah. of like signings, you know, another two or three players come in. Then I think that's yeah. when genuinely you've got to either yeah. compete if, for the Champions League or Premier League. Yeah. Cause if hypothetically speaking, if, if he gets the signs he wants this summer, so he gets all five of them, you're looking at, then what was he signed then? 11 players. And let's say your squad 17, mm. it's his, it becomes his team yeah. after the next transfer window. So that's when he's like, that is your team now. Go and go and compete. Yeah, exactly. If you don't compete, then there's an issue, isn't there? So definitely. Uh, I guess maybe the biggest issue for United might be we'll see as the seasons go on. Uh, obviously, City aren't going anywhere in terms of like how good they are, but will Arsenal get better? Will Chelsea get better? Will yeah. Newcastle get better? Liverpool will they sort themselves out? So can they strike when the iron is getting hotter? Uh, we shall, we shall see. Yeah. 
Um, I'm excited for the season, uh, to be honest. I am. Uh, Very uh, doing doing the doing the predictions just made me realise actually how many good teams there actually are. Yeah, I think you it's know, a really strong, it. really strong Premier League season. It, it, it does concern me to how far away the gap could be between the bottom few teams. Mm-hmm. It could it could it could vanish very quickly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, shall we do some knob gas questions, Gasky? Questions yeah, from our pa- from our beautiful little Patreon supporters. Um, or- Oren asks an interesting question: Who is the best bald Premier ooh. League player of all time? Ooh. Um, just trying to. Th- I ooh, I would I. Hmm. So uh, our companies up there. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, there are a couple of City players. Um, Fernandinho. Uh, yeah. Mac- what's Can we retro one? Brad Friedel. Yeah. That's go, not go, bad. Ret- go a bit retro. Uh, uh, Yapstam. That's a fantastic shout. Yapstam. Uh, Makaleli was bald, wasn't he? I've not misremembered. Yeah. Um, Kante, Kante was bald as well. Was Kante bald? Kante, Kante's bald. Yeah, yeah. Kante yeah, was bald. Kante. Um, uh, was any, bald. Any other. Fa- who else? Patrick Vieira. Yeah. He was bald. Um, a lot you can make it you could probably make a solid team with all Steven players. Ireland he was bald to the rest um there's quite a lot yeah, of yeah. decent bald players Tim Howard Tim Howard well in terms of like, I'm just thinking about my old time Zabaleta wait t- wait oh my god Thierry Henry yeah yeah he wasn't always bald but he's mate he was mainly bald. oh yeah but but I'm sure he was bald when he was balling amazing so so basically when he was balding he was balling so yeah i think i think well there there you go i I think the best the best premier league player of all time is also the best bald premier league player of all time yeah easily (laughs) there we go Uh, there'll be some other interesting shouts there as well um and there'll be loads of other players we've got i don't really pay attention to hairstyles i can't lie um i'm sure there'll be lots of names we've missed there um Narnbread asks what's your favorite biscuit i'm on brand so it's uh, chocolate hobnobs because mm. my name is nobbins oh you know what right so mine depends what i'm doing with the biscuit we're not <laughs> no, no, you, know what, you, know, you know what i mean am i dunking it or am i eating it tell me more right if i'm eating it i'm a chocolate hobnob guy as well Good right you. if yeah. i'm dunking it i'm a custard cream guy so you dunk your custard creams interesting uh, uh, dunk's custard cream is heaven if you haven't tried it try it trust trust and say, you come back and tell me I'm right. I'm going to say something maybe controversial. Uh, I think custard creams alongside chocolate bald ones might be... Are you putting be, them bottom tier? No, but uh, no, no. They're still tasty, but they are the most, might be the most overrated biscuit in the history of England. I swear down. You people... You see, I'll tell them. you what is, no, I'll tell you what biscuit is the overrated because I don't know how people even like it when they're quite popular. Rich tea are shite. Are people they, genuinely love rich tea biscuits. The crane. They're not just playing. They've got some kind of I don't know what's on them. It's like it looks like a digestive, but it just tastes like crap. But people genuinely love them. I think they're the best biscuit. Why wouldn't you have a biscuit that's got some cre- a cream filling or a chocolate? Cover? Like I love a chocolate digestive goes a long way as well. That's just that's your that's your you know your number your number eight grafter your mm. James Milner of biscuits. A long you know, way it's my just it's always there. More. Yeah, a long way in my big yeah. mouth. But then the chocolate hobnob you can dunk hundred times and he wants more. Mm. Great. Shout out McVitie's. Did I tell you that? Uh, do you remember that was like our second podcast? That I, was that was your prank on me. <laughs> I tried to be make... sponsoring us. Can you imagine? Uh, Hobnobs. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe they aired me. It never got back to me. Uh, no. Maybe one day Hobnobs will sponsor us. You never know. You never know. <laughs> not yet. Um, Jack asks an almost impossible question: Which footballer exceeded their potential by the largest amount? We had a discussion about this before we started. Mm. Uh, it's a because di- it's a difficult shout because it's hard to. 
what where'd you drop like you don't know out of nowhere potential, really no, exactly yeah so like we said Vardy didn't we considering he was non-league mm. Leicester gambled on him and he won a Premier League and he was Scott what the most goals over 30 player in the Premier League yeah exactly so that for me considering he was already you think past his his peak of expectation mm-hmm. to carry on potentially Definitely. I think that that in terms of like his age and things like that, because you know, if you sign a seventeen year old, he's got plenty of time to somehow be amazing. Yeah. But it, but for Vardy was already past all that. Yeah. It's a so I've got a potentially interesting name because I'm I'm sort of if you think about like potential, you're basically thinking of players who were like sort of slow burners in terms of their careers, like from an yeah. early age. That so for example, Aguero would be a bad example because from the age of sixteen. He was touted as being an unbelievable player and became yeah, an unbelievable exactly, player. Yeah. Messi, except likewise. So, so it's got to be players who like did. So Harry Kane maybe is a good shout because he didn't. Start- Harry Kane was just getting. Harry Kane was just being thrown out on loan everywhere, and then everyone was like, "One season wonder he came out of nowhere," and then since then he's just exactly. So yeah. Harry Kane would. Harry Kane, I think, would definitely be top three. Yeah, I also think Luka Modric is a good shout. I don't think he yeah. joined Spurs until he was twenty-five. Well, he. Yeah, he was older, and that was just from Zagreb, wasn't it? Exactly, and barely anyone would have heard yeah. of him at Zagreb, and then he goes to Spurs, obviously Real Madrid, yeah. it wins a Ballon d'Or, so probably, I think Modric yeah. is in there as well. Yeah, yeah. You might uh, say Drogba was another late burn. I don't think he joined Chelsea until he was 24, well, No, he 25. was, yeah, from Marseille, wasn't yes. he? And he was... So that's another potential. Yeah, um, I guess I guess they would be, they would be your exceed expectations of players who join at mm. mid-20s, and yeah. then... I, go I, down yes. I think Kane and Modric are two decent shouts there they, Kane and Modric I think he'd be yeah. well done Tottenham they <laughs> have that you can have that one no trophies but you can have that definitely <laughs> uh, and then the last question is from Ed who asks who is your dark horse for the upcoming Premier League season now um, Gaskin, I think we both have Burnley here I was going to say we aren't going to answer that because what you're going to have to do is listen to the podcast but Gaskey's just ruined it so I'm going to go get a new well, co-host no. so no well yeah so but whatever. I'm not going to <laughs> but but why are the dark horses? You know, are we, are we saying top half? Are we saying you don't know unless you listen? You don't know, indeed. Yes. So, you know, if you want that question answered, and if you want our our, our Premier League predictions, and also the Patreon supporters Premier League predictions, listen to the podcast, which will be released on Thursday evening, uh, the day before the Premier League begins in earnest uh you'll, re- you'll really enjoy that one uh, i'm looking at our predictions now there are some you know there are some controversial ones in there uh, from myself and gasky um a lot of london controversy going on i've just realized um interesting northern, northern and proud <laughs> <laughs> guys thank you so much for listening to our podcast um Re- uh, now hopefully you know you understand how r- ridiculous the extra time situation is uh, and also uh, whether, whether there's pressure on Ten Hag and also, you know, City, forward and midfield, just play him there. Please just play him there. Um, make sure you are following the podcast so you're also updated so you don't miss that uh, Premier League predictions vid- uh, podcast. But until next time, uh, I have been Nobbins. I have been Gasky. And we will see you guys. We won't see you guys, but you'll hear our dulcet tones Hear Next. you on the flip side. Yeah. Uh, never say that again. Oh, yeah. Never say... Can I, can I not sign off one for once? As long as you don't sign it off like that. <laughs> and we'll hear you on the flip side. No, we, we won't hear them. 
We will. You will hear us on the flip side. But, no, right. You finished. Right. I bottled it. This is this is why I'm the co-host and not the host. <laughs> you could have just said something like that, and you'll hear us next time, or you'll listen to us next time. Yeah, but I bottled it. It's, there's too much pressure for me. This is why you're in charge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. <laughs>